and welcome to a very special podcast short. Now, regular listeners will know that since we started the show, I've been trying to fight the almost cult worship from Graham and Neil for Marvel superhero movies. It's been an uphill battle. While I don't want to break them in this habit, cold turkey's clearly not for them, I want to at least temper it. So on this show, regular contributor Elijah and myself are going to attempt to show that other alternatives, possibly better, are available, namely DC Entertainment. The key being the word entertainment, guys. Anyway, everyone, to your corners for this discussion, and let's introduce yourselves, and in a few words, explain why Marvel or DC is better for you. Graham, I'm going to kick off with you. Oh, I don't think I, either are better. I grew up reading both comics, loved both comics. As you'll probably hear in our review show, I, I loved the Marvel stuff. But I also loved the DC stuff. Hit and miss, unfortunately, with the DC stuff. Some of them are absolutely wonderful. Wonder Woman, Batman uh, trilogy being absolutely brilliant. However, Suicide Squad, uh, Superman versus Batman. Batman v Superman, ba- thank you yes, very much. Thank you. <laughs> Batman v <laughs> Superman. They don't seem to be able to string a series together uh, cinematically and that's always my problem with DC. I mean apart from director Doyle I mean Christopher Nolan. Apart from director Doyle. Um, and and his three films that he strung together really well I thought that was extremely yeah. that was thank good. You, thank you Neil for adding to Graham's point so I'll, I'll come to you shortly. <laughs> uh, Elijah. You know I think a lot of what Graham said is is true you kind of take the films on a on a movie by movie basis. For me personally I liked a lot of the earlier. I'm, I'm skipping the whole Fantastic Four and the Fan Four stick and the the hit and miss X Men films and the absolutely great Spider Man trilogy. Well, the third one's kind of iffy, but and ignoring the amazing Spider Mans because they suck. Um, <laughs> the first Whoa, okay. I certainly do. I liked the first phase of the MCU, and after that, half of the second phase I like, and the rest of it just starts to devolve. When it came to the DCEU. Anything that Zack Snyder was involved in, except for the atrocity of the Justice League, I thought was awesome. Of course, the Nolan films are great, but, I mean, it's Nolan, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, I, they're just comic book things. I mean, there's plenty of companies, DC and DC and Marvel, but there's others, and they all make films. I don't see that there's a battle. There's there's this yeah. all the sort of fanboys of Marvel and the fanboys of DC. Just don't see it. Just each film on its merit. What you're saying is then they're all equal, so Justice League is no, no. as good as Avengers Endgame. No, no, I'm not saying no. they're all equal. They, they, they each have to be viewed on its merits. At the moment, Marvel is doing it. Disney is doing it far better. Marvel went bust in 1999, I think, yeah. didn't they? And uh, taken over by Disney. If the rights have gone to Disney, they, they seem to have got it together. Yeah. Uh, and certainly something that the DC need to sort out. But they're way behind the curve at the moment. I disagree. I'll take my corner now. Strangely, that's really, Jeff, you disagree. (laughs) My goodness. Elijah's right. Anything with Zack Snyder in is really good. Uh, I don't think there would be anybody on planet Earth that would disagree with that. And and also DC take more risks. Watchmen is a DC film. Yeah. And again, Zack Snyder. Oh, you don't think so? No, no, no. I mean, like, really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Oof in a good way. That oddly enough. I mean, Wonder Woman was good. Yeah. Wonder Woman was good. Aquaman was good. Aquaman yeah. was great fun. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Wonder Woman, twenty times better than Captain Marvel. 
There's no comparison. Yeah, okay, uh, but not 20 times, right? It was no. a better movie. Yeah. So not 20 times, you're right. It's about 100 times. Yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah. Thanks, Elijah. I knew I could rely on you. <laughs> earlier, earlier this evening, I was taken apart on another film. They brought in one of their Scientology mates. And, uh, <laughs> on Marvel. Uh, I told you, we're not Scientology. It's we just a cult. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a, a movie, movement. A movie cult, Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back on the history of this then to see where we are. So the comics and television that were there before films. And DC seemed to corner the market, certainly DC in the 40s and 50s. Much, much further ahead of Marvel in those days. Detective Comics, Batman uh, was the the ultimate detective, Superman as well. Um, So they had a huge huge advantage in the the 40s. Marvel didn't really take off till the early 60s when uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby arrived in the comics. Well, you had the Captain America in World War II. He was pretty big. Was that Marvel? That was Marvel, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's Marvel character. That's the only one, I think, isn't it? They must have had more than Captain America. They did. They had lots of odd people that we don't see now. And there were lots of other comics around at the time. I'm just trying to remember, because even to me, this is ancient history. Yeah. So he was created by uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Because, I mean, honestly, everyone credits Stan Lee, but Jack, Jack yeah. Kirby is the one who invented like 90% of them. Yeah, Jack Kirby is definitely the artistic genius behind them. Didn't he do Spider-Man, in my limited yes, knowledge Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, he did Spider-Man, he did the whole loads. And, and Jack Kirby flipped between DC and Marvel, kept going backwards and forwards. So there is an interesting thing with the next Marvel films are going to be about the Eternals, and they were the first lot of superheroes that Jack Kirby did when he came back to uh, Marvel Comics in the mid-70s. So it's interesting times. So let's look at television then. Well, television picked up. DC, again, because they had the iconic, there was the Avengers Superman in the 50s with that chap. Is it George Reeves? Then you've got the 60s with Adam West, West, Batman. Then you go into the... Incredibly campy. Yeah, 70s (laughs) more interesting. You've got a bit of each. You've got Wonder Woman. You've got the Incredible Hulk on the other side of it. And Spider-Man came in, a, a dreadful series of Spider-Man, came in in the 70s. Did that actually make it to the UK? Well, funnily enough, it made it to the UK as a series of four films. They edited episodes together and put them out as theatrical films. God, it must have been so bad. Huh. Even I missed that one. Oh, dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Did you guys see the Japanese Spider-Man series? No, it can't be as bad as what I saw in the 70s. What was it like, Elijah? Uh, Imagine Spider-Man shooting ropes from his hands, sort of, and then going into a mech costume to fight giant reptile robots. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Suddenly the 70s doesn't seem all that bad. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I have seen Batman Ninja, which is just dreadful. It was again that's anime and it's shockingly bad. So a question for you both then really. Where are we now on television because you've got all these different series. To me again DC seems to have the upper hand on TV. Oh gosh, yes, yeah. It's got stuff like Legends of Tomorrow, well Agents of Shield is Marvel, but it's got Flash. Arrow the Flash, Flash Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah, they are doing amazingly well on TV and they're about to have some more uh, new people. Oh, you've also Batwoman. got the DC Universe shows. So they've got Swamp Thing coming out. They had oh, yeah. the uh, Teen Titans. 
Yes. Though yeah. I haven't seen those yet. Titans is very, very dark. Very dark. Te- Teen Titans is hilarious. Teen Titans, the film. Teen Titans, Titans Go, Go is hilarious. It's very funny. <laughs> very disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> Would we agree that at the moment on television, DC definitely has the upper hand? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you look at what Marvel have been producing, uh, the new mutants. Legion. Legion. Thank you. No, that I was... that one's pretty good. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Well, funnily enough, first series is absolutely brilliant. The second series, which is 12 episodes long, could be four episodes. And it's just, I loved the end point that it got to. And I love Noah Hawley. I mean, Noah Hawley put Fargo on TV, which is amazing. But I I just don't know what the hell was going on with the second series. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, is the other big show they have with Agent Coulson in it. So that and the Defenders. God, oh yes, of course. I've forgotten all the street level. Oh, yeah. the, the Defenders, the only show I've watched entirely in one day and regretted every second of it. Oh, <laughs> it was shocking. I don't bad. think it's very it good. It was yeah. terrible. You watch but it all in one day. In one day, but I don't the, even remember why. It just I watched it all in one. I think I, I started watching it, realized it was terrible, realized I needed to finish it, and decided that it'd be worth suffering through it all in one day. Get out of the way. <laughs> That's a completionist's dream. It's terrible, but I'm going to finish it. Do, do you yeah. watch the Daredevil stuff as well, Elijah? I love the Daredevil. The, the yeah. individual films are quite good. Uh, their series are much better. Isn't yes. The Daredevil and the... Luke um, Cage and Jessica yeah, Jones. Jessica Jones, yeah. Well, Luke yeah. Cage, uh, the first half of the first season is okay. I mean, it's I liked it a lot. Second half, didn't care for it. Second season, I liked it a whole lot better. Second season was excellent. Yes, and the um, Punisher. Punisher is very, very good, but incredibly dark. Yes. I keep trying to watch it. I yeah, keep it going is. back and watching a couple episodes here and there, and it's just it it's is taking me forever. very dark, yeah. On the one hand, DC seem to have locked down their universe, but on Netflix, which have now all been cancelled, of course, yeah. Marvel seem to have wrapped that up quite nicely. Yes, certainly for the uh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil... Luke Cage stuff, Netflix did an excellent job on that and I'm sure that'll translate well onto Disney's new streaming service and they'll have that. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s the same. I, I'm just not a big fan of that show. I didn't think that was great. Um, I stopped watching after the first season, second yeah, season, yeah. something, something like that, first I mean, second. Yeah, they kept bringing in characters from things like Thor uh, they brought in some characters from that. Now, it really never grabbed me. I just didn't I didn't find it very interesting. It has continuity problems and it makes the MCU that much worse. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I would agree with that 100%. The continuity throws you out completely. <clears throat> and it, it, because the MCU, the films are uh, covered in such secrecy, nothing actually can move forward in the TV shows. So they're not very complementary. They seem to exist in two separate universes. But they keep trying to act like they exist within the same one. Same exactly. with the Daredevil and all that show. Yes, exactly. Although I do like that in Daredevil and Luke Cage that it's only slightly hinted at. You know, they don't directly say, they just mention, oh, that's when New York got attacked, and then they'll move on. Why would an alien invasion actually make anyone act differently? That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is point. New York. I mean, they'd probably brush that off in an afternoon. You know, but, but, <laughs> but you know, they're tough people. They're resilient. Uh, come on. But I do like the way they do that. In uh, DC, I think, have, have got this very, very clear and very joined up TV series with lots and lots of crossovers. So The Flash is constantly on Arrow and vice versa. Legends of Tomorrow comes out of The Flash. It's just so, that's so well joined up and put together. It's just that 
their cinematic stuff is just so. But staying with TV, where does Gotham fit into all oh, of this? Oh, Gotham fits in literally nowhere. nowhere. It's okay. just somebody. It has mad. moments of absolute brilliance, and then moments where you're thinking, like, what kind of acid were they tripping on when they wrote this? Yeah, yeah. It gets worse and worse and worse. About season four, it starts getting really stupid. Gotham, like, as far as production values and the look of the world, I don't think there's any other TV superhero show that looks anything like it. It looks incredible. And then it just doesn't know where it wants to go with the story, and that really frustrates me. I watch four or five of them in a row and think, oh, yes, this is really... Oh, no, it's the same old rubbish. Just really disheartening. And they keep they keep having... You talk about continuity problems. Poison Ivy aged like 10 years in one show. And then I see they're doing the same with Selena Kyle. She ages 10 years in the last show as well. So it's just... It feels like they didn't have a clear idea of where they were going and they just kind of threw a bunch of stuff at the screen and saw what would stick. Yeah, I think the first series had a very clear idea and had that great look, and great cinematography, and they and then they were surprised at their success, and they went, "Oh no, we have to produce." So they just had kept on adding new yes. characters, and because yeah. Batman's got like a sixty, seventy year history, they had a lot of uh, villains to pull into the show. I mean, I'm honestly surprised they didn't bring in Condiment Man. <laughs> he would have been good. Or at least being fu- at least being funny. Yeah, condiment man. Yes, being, atta- being attacked by somebody using spoons. <laughs> so, jump into cinema. Oh right, because okay. seems to be equal there. I would say Marvel have cornered the. Um... In which world? <laughs> which, sorry, we're talking about continuity problems. And, <laughs> no, no, and Marvel. Jeff's, well, in Jeff's the Netflix world. way out of sync. <laughs> no, in Netflix, Marvel have got cornered it. I think that's fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, in TV, yeah. yes. Yeah, sorry. in TV. Oh, right. it, sorry. No, we're yeah. still talking TV. I thought you said moving on you to the cinema. No, I was going to say moving on to movies. I say right. that's equal. Let's move on. <laughs> cinema, looking at the history, I mean, again, from the 70s, you had Superman going into the 80s. Batman came at the end of that. Marvel didn't really make an impression. Kept trying to do X-Men, didn't they? Well, X-Men and Spider-Man. So there's a uh, Captain America movie from the 90s where it takes 12 shots for his shield to go from one location to 12 feet away. It's the slowest travelling shield in the known universe. It's shockingly <laughs> bad. <laughs> Wasn't there a Captain America movie in the early 80s as well? I think there was. Yeah, I'd have to go and check on that. There's a major TV film. Worse, yeah. I don't think Marvel <laughs> made a decent film until um, Blade. Oh, I'd forgotten about Blade. That's yeah, brilliant. That's well a good, remembered. That's a good show, yeah. Yes, uh, I thought Blade was great. Well, the first two were great. Well, Guillermo del Toro directed the second one. Yes. Desperately trying to think of what Marvel films were done before that. And Am I right in thinking that Wesley Snipes actually owns the rights to Blade, so Marvel can't get it back at the minute and are a bit pissed off at that? I I mean, are they really going to introduce vampires into their world? Oh, yes. At this point, please no. Oh, I think they are, aren't they? They're making a film of Morbius at the moment. Morbius, yes. Yeah, they're filming that. Been filming that in London. I think they've just finished. But I'm desperately trying to think. So before Blade, what Marvel movies were there? I think Elijah's right. It was just a couple of dreadful Captain America ones. I mean, the Hulk was done for TV. Yeah, the Hulk with Lou Ferrigno or whatever. With Bill Bixby. Lou Ferrigno. Ferrigno, yes. Regano. Ferrigno. Ferrigno. I must admit, I watched it as a kid and thought it was great. Thor shows up and Thor and, and the Hulk fight in the show. Oh, I don't remember yeah. that. That's brilliant. 
So all these films that were being made in the 90s, these super, and you've done a piece on this, Graham, and superhero yeah. flops, where were these characters coming from, the likes of Tank Girl and Spawn and all of these? Well, Tank Girl was came from a British comics, so she was um, a totally separate company. It wasn't Marvel or DC. I don't know where she's ended up now, Tank Girl. I'd want to say Top Cow, but I'm not sure. So they're totally separate, but certainly... Uh, Catwoman, the dreadful, poor, poor Halle Berry put through that terrible mess of a show. Those sort of films, they were terrible flops and they didn't understand how to make make superhero films. They didn't know anything about, you know, doing world building and proper realistic characters. You say that, but all through the 90s you had the Batman films. You had Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Oh. <laughs> Which is the correct reaction to this, those two words, yes. Actually, I think Batman Returns is Batman and Robin is better than Batman Forever, mainly because I can't stand Jim Carrey. Yeah, I, pro- I probably agree on that one because I can't stand What do you think, Elijah? I mean, I like Jim Carrey, sort of. <laughs> I so, like his older films. Yes. He's kind of like gone absolutely bat crap insane recently. Oh, he's, he's just barking mad now. That big a fan of the the older Batmans. I think after the Batman movie, they're all pretty much lame. Even Batman Returns. I mean, who wants a horny penguin, man? <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> I mean, he is the most well, perverted was, penguin I think we've seen. It was Danny DeVito, wasn't it? it was yeah, that, but yeah. That, do you know the story behind all of this? No. Well... Burton had a hell of a time on Batman. He didn't get on with John Peters that well, and it was just difficult to make this thing. And he did make it. They wanted him back because it was such a huge hit. They said, no, you do whatever you want. So they did. He said, right, I'll do it, and I'll do it my way. And, uh, of course, he did Batman Returns, which has, say, the masochism, the the Catwoman, and, as Elijah said, the horny penguin. And, of course, all these companies like mcdonald's tied in to do toys with this oh, film no <laughs> it went it just went mental mcdonald's ditched their whole line of toys that they had for the film because this is just not a kid's film in the slightest it's just barking mad tim burton introduced the the idea of batman just absolutely murdering people on screen i mean we were talking about this the other day about how good a Batman is Michael Keaton? I think he's really good because all this stuff's coming out at the moment about Robert Pattinson being playing the role of Batman. And uh, there's all this, like, we've got to write a petition. Oh, another one. That'll keep these uh, that'll keep these people busy for 10 minutes then. I went through all the same thing with Keaton. Keaton had done Beetlejuice with Tim Burton. He was casting him as Batman. They were up in arms. Thankfully, we didn't have the internet then. So all they could do was write letters to Warner Brothers. But <laughs> Oh, it, it, it was a simpler time. It age. was a simpler time. <laughs> and, I mean, heck, now they're calling, sending letters, sending emails. The release of Snyder Cut movement is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's madness. But to capture the madness of the character of Bruce Wayne is something I thought Keaton has done that, to me, I've not seen done anywhere else. Again, Elijah, I go to you. What are your thoughts? I watched Bale's Batman first before I really connected with the Keaton's Batman. I'd seen Keaton's Batman before, but I was really young. I think my dad actually turned it off. I'm not the biggest fan of Keaton as Batman. I'm really not. I think he's. I think he's fine. But he's he's third best for me in the in the Batman's. Okay, and the two above him, 
One's obviously Bale. And Affleck. Yeah, no, yeah, I must admit, I like Affleck as, as Batman. I thought he was... He's far better than he was given credit for. Yes, I think so. I think, he, yeah, a lot of people don't overlook him, and I thought he was very solid. He's yeah, the, I mean, he's in the more best. ways than one. Like, holy cow, he got massive for that role. Yes. Yeah. And I thought he was the best thing in Batman versus Superman. He did the very old Batman, which is quite... It was yeah. well done as yeah. well, wasn't he? He was uh, really no, sort of yeah. struggling. So let's bring the cinema up to date then. So we've now got the two strands that are running side by side. You've got Marvel that integrate their films. DC tried to integrate their films under Zack Snyder and have now decided their way to go is standalone, as in Aquaman and Shazam. Firstly, how successful has it all been? And where does it go from here? I mean, are DC only going to do standalone now? Well, I think so. Focus is going to be on standalone um, with some loose tie-ins maybe hopefully to bring in a second Justice League film. Zack Snyder wasn't trying to make an MCU 2.0. He Mm. had apparently, uh, according to what I've seen, he had like a five-movie plan. It was going to be a saga that could then branch off into their own stuff. That would have made sense. And so a completely different tack from from Marvel. He was Warner Brothers came in and screwed up everything. Yep. Zack Snyder's wife went ill, ill, was it? Yeah. Um, His daughter daughter committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Family problems. Yeah, shocking, it. shocking. And, and But he was actually fired from the yes. from yeah. the film. Yeah. It didn't so, come out till later because nobody wanted – they didn't want you to freak out about Justice League. They tried to act like everything was fine, that Whedon was just barely reshooting anything and that most of the footage would be Snyder. <laughs> Lying bastards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what we're seeing here then is Disney are very much standoff with Marvel. They yes. let Kevin Feige do what he wants. Exactly. He's got his plan. But Warners can't do that. Is that what we're saying? I, I think that's shown clearly in the way Marvel picked directors. Marvel just seemed to be able to pick very, very obscure directors and put them in charge of massive projects, while Warners are very much hands-on and they want to manage and control everything. And well, I Kevin think, Feige manages everything, yeah, uh, But he's, artis- so, uh, he's an artist. Well, Disney, Disney micromanages everything. Yeah. The reason they pick obscure directors is because they can have more control over an obscure director than over a different one. But they have the the. It's the plan. It's I don't. It, you're right. It's not the money making the decisions. It's no. the it's the artistic. And, and I think Warner Brothers uh, are their own worst enemy because they they do tend to to come in and mess films up more than Disney do. Yeah, there's a lack of confidence in, in Warner Brothers, whereas Disney have already done Iron Man and made money out of it. It sort of spawned itself, didn't it? So you're making uh, noises there <laughs> as if you don't agree, <laughs> yeah, Elijah. Go well, on, come, what do you want to say? Come on, Elijah. The first phase of the Marvel films, and this is before they were connected with Disney, they are still with Paramount. Mm-hmm. The first phase, they hired kind of these somewhat more distinct directors. I think um, John Favreau had already made a career a little bit for himself. Kenneth Branagh was already pretty famous when he came and directed Thor. Uh, And he made a visually stunning film, even though the story is a little bit simple. Yeah, You had kind of different styles. Even Joe Johnson, he'd already worked in multiple films when he came on for Captain America. And Whedon himself was already a a well-known director. So they had these big names for their first phase. And as they went on, they hired directors they could make work the story, as it were. And now I'm just 
it with some of the characters they're introducing, it just seems like it's it's all fan service and money making. And let's not forget Ant Man, where after all those years Edgar Wright spent on it, he walked. Yeah, yeah, that's quite telling, actually. I, get, yeah. I guess they, um, I mean, they have a cinematic universe, and within that, you can make whatever film like Taikiti did. But you have to stay within. This has to be in it. This has to be in it. This has to be in it for continuity. And I think Ragnarok is one of the best. Yes, he managed Marvel to get films. away it with really so much fun. more than anybody else, didn't he? But uh, I think maybe yeah. maybe my problem is with DC is that you know and that I, it was fine. I love mm. I love Jack uh, Zack Snyder's work. Just the way they treated him has just soured me against the the movie house. Not the comics, because I still buy their comics, you know. But uh, certainly the films, it made me feel a bit off. With the yeah. exception of Wonder Woman, which I thought was an exceptional piece of work. Uh, Wonder Woman has some, I mean, astounding scenes. The The No Man's Land gives yeah. me chills every oh, single brilliant. time I watch yeah. it. Yeah, brilliant. But there are moments in the movie where you feel like, is this really the same film? And it's mostly centered around, um, oh, what's his name? Dusseldorf or whatever that the the German. The, the villain is, yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one where he throws the, the gas into the room, closes the doors, and he's like, and he throws the gas mask in. The girl's like, oh, wait, it won't help them. He's like, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Too, that oh, was like a completely different film. Pantomime yeah. villain, yeah. And then the finale, it the, the whole scene with Ares like trying to show her that he's right and kind of using a, a, a quasi environmental message to show her that humans suck, which I don't even think he had to do that. I thought that was really good up until the point where she's like, no, I believe in love. And he's like, mm, then I will destroy you. It devolved from there. But uh, Chris Pine, oh my goodness, he was so fantastic. And his chemistry with Godot is, I don't think there's any comic book couple that had that much chemistry on screen. It was good, wasn't it? Yep. Inspired. Yeah, I read an interesting article earlier today, Paddy Jenkins. She's just disappointed she can't get the film out this year. She said it's so impressed with it. Oh, you know, wow. Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, we don't get that till next year. It's interesting listening to you guys talk about directors that they've used, certainly for the first phase of the MCU and what's gone on later. And I'd just like to do a comparison of two films this year. One is Captain Marvel. And you know my take on that. I think Brie Larson's excellent. I think the character's great. I think the direction is awful. But then you've got Shazam. And Shazam is made by horror directors. They've brought in a darker undertone to it. But to me, it's much more of a consistent film. You, you've seen that now, Elijah, haven't you, Shazam? Yeah, I have. I liked it a lot. Uh, my biggest problem, again, is uh, somewhat of the villain. And again, it doesn't really fit within the type of world building that DC has created up until now. Aquaman didn't either, but Aquaman took place under the water, so it didn't really matter. But there was still an element of, you know, this is supposed to be real life. So it's uh, the the way I've kind of seen Marvel and DC is that a Marvel is always about, you know, men that have become heroes. And DC is about gods versus man. But Marvel focuses no time on civilians at all. It wants to spend as little time in the real world away from its heroes as possible. Whereas DC kind of just immerses you into the real world. You get that with Shazam. You know, he's out there, he's shooting lightning bolts from his hand to make money on the street, which is absolutely bonkers and kind yeah. of stupid. But it, it, it allows you to kind of live in the world that he's existing in. It's funny you say that because I think Jeff has come out with that a couple of times in reviews. 
saying that uh, Marvel never really get, enters the real world. Sorry, I'm speaking for Jeff, which is pretty horrific because really, <laughs> he's no longer has a memory. <laughs> I'm the only one who can remember what he said if I listen. And um, <laughs> yeah, really, if I really listen, so that he makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I, I thought Shazam was. I I thought it was an unexpected film. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great fun. But it was so unexpected. It just came completely out of left field. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the premise of it. It was basically big, the Tom Hanks film, but with a superhero twist. And I just enjoyed it. If that's the sort of film that DC are going to do in the future, and they have this these one-off films and uh, set loosely in the same world. And you can intersper- intersperse uh, existing ones yeah. into the next film, Yeah, because Superman turned up in Shazam. yeah. Sort of, yeah. You know, well, I, I, almost did. It yes. almost was Caval. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great and fun. But I like your point right. about DC concentrating on the on the humans. Yes, I it, it thought was, about that. It was a, it was a big change, though, wasn't it? The uh, Shazam, where they suddenly because the criticism of Suicide Squad and uh, Justice League and Batman versus Superman because it's so dark. Yes. The fact that it came out and it was so light. And it, there's very still fun. quite yeah. a sort of, yeah. you know, there's darkness in it. But it, it, Even it though it deals with literal demons. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, yeah. it wasn't that light. I know families you know, that took the young kids to it and they but, were taken out screaming halfway through. Yes, there is still dark elements of it. But it was, um, they introduced a, the equivalent of bringing in Ragnarok in the middle of the MCU, wasn't it? It was suddenly, well, but. That's different. That's DC fun. can do it, or yeah. Warner Brothers can do it. About well, time. it was Warner Brothers with New Line, even yes, though New Line's course, a yeah. Warner company. It's still kind of a little separate. Yeah. Shazam was almost an indie film with its lower budget. It's made them a fortune. And, done very well. And I, I think a bit of creative, um, creative thinking rather than just throwing money at it Ooh, may have worked. There's an interesting point that comes back to what you were saying, Elijah, is that Maybe because it was New Line, they didn't have the big heavies at Warner Brothers interfering. Mm. Yeah, I really don't think they did. It felt like it was Sandberg's vision pretty much from start to end. I mean, there may have been some studio moments where like, well, we want a big action scene at the end or something like that. And some of the action in the finale wasn't all that great. Some of the CGI was a little shoddy. I mean, it's a very entertaining film. It's very heartwarming like really heartwarming and, and having kind of a message about foster families. Yes. yes. is something I, I really, really appreciate. Yeah. And we, we did that in our review. The, yeah. The, the, the bumper message. sticker, the bumper sticker on the car. Foster mothers yeah. are the real severe. I thought that was really well, I'm good. I'm a foster mom. What's your superpower? Yes. yes that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I thought the fact that we go through this and finally Billy learns that it's not his fault. He's an yes. orphan. Yeah. Yes. Because he'd been blaming yeah, that himself. Was, that was that, quite lovely. That, that was an interesting sequence where the mother turned him away. Way. Oh, yes. That was quite dark and, and heartless from mm. her point of view. But it, it reinforced the point that he'd already found his family, it only just didn't recognise them. Yeah. Again, very heartwarming. And there's one thing that DC has done that Marvel hasn't dared to do, or it just it's, they've overlooked it. I'm not sure. It's introduced a somewhat of a... A religious element. So you have in Shazam, the family praying over dinner. You've got in Man of Steel, he goes to a church to find direction. Even in Batman v Superman, you have the, you know, the 
the character of Jack at the very beginning who prays that he's about to die. In Wonder Woman, you have like literal gods yeah. and that kind of thing. And Although I would say uh, that... It's very interesting how they've incorporated it. Daredevil is very Catholic. But they t- kind of take his Catholic faith as, as a... Like he's very Catholic, but he's not he's like not Catholic at all. <laughs> but, I just want to go back to you saying on Superman and the religiousness of it. And I'd, I'd go back to Richard Donner's 78 film. There's a line in it that Brando says to, as he's sending his son through space, he says to Kalel, he says, there are good people. They wish to be a great people. All they lack is the light to show them away. And this is the father sending the son down to earth. Now that is incredibly uh, religious uh, imagery. Yeah. And you have that in Man of Steel as well. Actually, uh, Kal-El says literally, he's like, how could they hurt him? He'll be a god to them. And you can help them do better. It's like you can, you can show them yeah, show the, what show it means them the to way, be more. And, and, and that makes the, the ending to Man of Steel much more ambivalent in the way that he kills Zod. Very much something for today, as opposed to in the 70s, you know, we'd gone through you know, Vietnam, Watergate. Yeah. And you just needed something of that lightness of tone, the way that Donna told it, to the way it's being told today, which is much darker. But it's also more realistic. I mean, Superman in uh, Man of Steel, he has to face consequences. People die. Like, we see people die. We see humans getting sucked up into the gravity well and then crushed, and then people destroyed, buildings fall. And he has to deal with that situation. That's the whole premise of Batman versus Superman. Yeah, indeed. And then... uh, in Donner, Superman's like, oh, Lois dies. Let me fly around the Earth backwards and reverse time yeah. and not face any consequences whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, More yeah. innocent times. What can I say? Yeah. And, um, and Lois Lane doesn't know how to spell on that one. No. Yeah, but Margot Kidder was wonderful. Yeah. Cavill and Reeve are operating completely different universes. They, I, don't, I don't even think you can compare them because you would, if you took Cavill and put it in Donner Superman, they wouldn't have worked. If you take Donner Superman and put him in, in Man of Steel, it wouldn't work at all. And I want to talk about the music because I know it's something that interests both of us. And I really do think the music in the DC films is far, far superior. It's operatic. And again, a lot of it's controlled by Hans Zimmer. If it's not Zimmer, it's people that are are attached to Zimmer. Marvel, you know, when they have a theme like Silvestri's theme for the Avengers, they tend to mute it in the films. They just don't draw the music out. I mean, I listened to Captain Marvel. I couldn't tell you anything of the themes from that film now. No, that is a big failing of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, there's no theme that's recognizable at all. And a good half the films, they have themes. They're not played in any memorable way, with the exception of being Avengers and Black Panther. I think one of the big problems with that is they keep hiring different composers for the same character. So you have three different composers for three different Thor films. You also have three different directors. And so there's no continuity there. Joss Whedon's like, hey, I'm going to get Danny Elfman to score a Danny Elfman score for Avengers and completely ignore everything else. Just the same way he did is with Justice League, which Justice League has a terrible score. And again, I think that that is a really good point. Patrick Doyle's score for Thor is one of my favourites in the Marvel films. But yeah, that whole thematic construction of Hans Zimmer. I mean, Batman versus Superman, it just is operatic in the way he does that music. And I think yes, there's squirrel, there's uh, the themes that clash. Like you have literally Superman's Man of Steel's theme and Batman's theme from the film coming to a head when they're coming to a head. 
Yeah, because Zimmer also worked on Chris Nolan's mm. films. It was him mm-hmm. and James Newton Howard composed the, the scores for all three, I think. Uh, Howard didn't come back for the third one. Okay, sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that was just Zimmer for Dark Knight Returns. It's just a consistency that isn't there on the other side. And if there's one thing I think where it does succeed, it is in that music. And uh, one of the things in Man of Steel, I know the last time we, we were talking about film scores, you said you didn't remember a, a whole lot of thematic elements from it. You get the sound for Krypton is a violin and choral, and the sound for Earth is a piano. The moment when Superman learns how to fly, you get the choral and the piano merging to where his Krypton identity and his human identity become one. I'm going to have to go back to this then because, I mean, for me, the standout, and and again, we've discussed this in the past, is the Williams score for Superman, which I think is just, it's the crowning glory. It's a great score. Yeah, of what Williams has done. And, you know, they've got a a fantastic, almost regal Krypton theme in that. You've got the journey to Earth. You've got, you know, the fun of Superman, or Clark Kent and Superman. And, And he just music, I mean, his theme almost says Superman. Yeah, and it's it's almost inseparable from the character now. Yeah. There was a, an animated short for Superman's, what, like 70 years or something that Zack Snyder directed, and it took the John Williams theme and then kind of evolved it into Hans Zimmer. It's a, it's a really nice animated short that pays homage to all the different iterations of, uh, of the character. Let's bring this to a conclusion. Where do we go from here then? Where... Who's going to be dominant over the next five years? Marvel, are they going to continue? Or DC, with this individual structure they're doing, going to pull it together and get ahead? I think Marvel's going to keep printing money. DC's going to struggle because Warner Brothers still won't get their hands out of everything. Or maybe they will with new management. Marvel is going to keep doing what it does, keep creating new continuities, keep making things make no sense, but throwing fan service at the fans to keep them happy. (laughs) I think I'm pretty much with Elijah on this. I think Marvel are going to keep printing money. I think I still think DC will get into their stride because they have got a tremendous amount of characters that they can do. But I also think that Marvel and DC have legitimized the superhero movie, and we're going to see more oddball super movies. Shazam was an interesting start, but I think we're going to see from all of the other comic. Producers, we're going to start seeing, you know, things like the original Hellboy and that sort of thing. We're going to see things of that class and and that complexity from other comic uh, sources. I'd like to see uh, the Last Man on Earth. Why it's called just the the letter Y for the Y chromosome, um, which is a tremendous uh, series of comics. I'd like to see things like Saga which is another great uh, comic that's a bit more adult, but because it's got strange alien beings in it, would never have got produced. Now somebody's probably looking at them. And if it's not going to turn up in the cinema, it'll almost certainly turn up on Netflix or Amazon or Disney. Well, one of the things you get, Marvel's going to keep it sanitized universe. I mean, even Deadpool is starting to go PG-13. Whether they're going to make it more or not, I I don't know now that Fox has merged. But DC is going to make more edgy films. Birds of Prey is rumored to be either a really hard PG-13 or an R. Wow. Uh, the Joker is likely going to be an R-rated film. Oh, yes, of course. I'd forgotten. Yeah, that, I'm um, so looking forward to that. So I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more bold filmmaking and artistic decisions from 
DC at the lower budget level, but at the big budget, I mean, Patty Jenkins will probably be able to do whatever she wants. James Wan apparently can print money. I mean, yeah. like what all the money in the world with Aquaman. The main things are going to be okay. I think where it's really going to be at is in those smaller budget films like Birds of Prey and Joker and then the random ones that show up. I think Marvel in the fact that they've got Spider-Man Homecoming was a success and the fact that Into the Spider-Verse was... Well, I think they might combine them. Miles Morales will turn up in next Spider-Man one. Yeah. Something like that. I If, if they no. start doing that... Yeah, exactly. As far as I'm concerned, I'd like to see sp- another Spider-Verse and I'd quite like to see another uh, Spider-Man. But keep them separate. They're just yeah. Uh, please don't jump the shark or, or bring Abbott and yeah. Costello into Dracula. Yeah, that sort of uh, stuff. The reason Into the Spider Verse was so great is because of Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Exactly. Yes. Who yes. are um, just? I don't think they've failed at anything they've done. No. <laughs> and just allow them these these new directors space. Get them in and get yes. some new ideas. It's got to completely refresh it. Disney is so money hungry now. Yeah. That. All they're going to do is keep printing money. Yeah, sadly. It's unfortunate. I mean, it's... But uh, I think but- my point is that you have the big blockbuster stuff, but it's the interesting other projects, as you say, that the lower budget stuff, where I think they're going to, you're going to see interesting superhero movies because now superhero is a sort of established segment of the market. You might get some interesting and edgy uh, stuff happening there. Like Deadpool, which I loved, both of them. I thought were fabulous, really funny. It'd be nice to see Edgar Wright do a superhero I'd film. I'd love to see Edgar Wright. Doing a horror film in London at the moment. Okay. George Miller was supposed to direct a Justice League film back in like 2007. And it was apparently going to be absolutely bonkers. And I'm kind of pissed that we missed that. That's George Miller who is still yet to decide if he's going to do another Mad Max. Now yes. in his late 70s. And on that note, let's just quickly go around the table to complete this. So have you changed your opinion? Have you gone from one side to the other? No, Graham? I was never on. It's not on. It's, I'm a fan, a comic book fan. I love comics and I loved everything that's come out. You know, I sat and watched Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman. Extended and they, version and they were, is much better, but they were it's still flawed. crap, isn't it? They were flawed, but I just love them all. You know, there's just a, some of them are terrible, but, you know, I'll watch them because I think it's a valid form of entertainment. The superheroes are here to stay. It's not a bubble. Neil, you change your opinion? No, not really. I just no, keep you watching them. Would you really? Just spite me? Yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, yeah, I'm just waiting for the next one, see what it's like, and review yeah. it on its merits. Elijah, any last words? Bring back Zack Snyder. Yes. 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 I, agree yes. With that. Yes. I want. I want more Batman v Superman. I want more Man of Steel. I want that seriousness of the storytelling. He elevated the genre to something that it hadn't been. You know, with with Watchmen, he did something incredible. And then he took already established heroes and he made them way more, I'm not even going to say dark, but he made them more grounded. I think even more grounded in a way than Nolan did. Dark Knight is is brilliant. Watchmen (laughs) compared to Batman Begins or Dark Knight Returns is far better. I I love them all. I mean, I have a, you know, I loved the, the comic version of Watchmen is fantastic apart from probably Transmetropolitan with Spider Jerusalem but apart from yeah that just tripped off the tongue didn't it (laughs) (laughs) well where's Spider now we need him I'm just looking forward to the next few years be good fun I'm getting tired (laughs) Uh, 
That's that's small. without something different in the genre. I'm exhausted. Absolutely, we shall be following this, and I think later in the year we'll do a follow up to this to see where we are because by that time, I think around the time that Joker comes out, yes. we'll get back together and I'm, see where we are. That one, really, that's a good idea. I really want to like that one. Yeah, you up for that, yeah. Elijah? We'll get back. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, it looks like it'll be very different. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I think we'll get back together on that one. Well, mate. DC all the way still. Marvel, waste of my time. Right, on that bombshell? Yeah, that <laughs> obvious ploy. Yep, I will <laughs> talk about lazy writing. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, Elijah, that's that's brilliant. Thank you very much. That was our take on Marvel versus DC. No surprise that at the end of that recording, Jeff gets in another put down about Marvel. Please let us know your thoughts on this subject and we will make sure you are quoted when we follow up on this show later in the year. So it only remains for me to say, thanks for listening and goodbye.